Welcome night owls, night stalkers, midnight moviegoers, and those who enjoy a midnight feast. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Allpike, and I'm joined by the weird and wonderful AJ and Jonathan Astro. Hola. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> and I like that cultural appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. So. Have I ever showed you my Sideboob mascot? No. no. Is this... Show me. What, 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 what's the Describe what you're saying, guys. Is that a money guys? box? Okay. It looks like some kind of uh, idol. It's it's an Indian. Oh, it's this is a, as they used to say in the bad old days, a red Indian. Oi. And... Um, he gets his dick out. His penis comes out. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask why you have this. Put that on the uh, socials. But I hope it brings you all the luck. <laughs> But you know where this comes from? Jeez. When I first got That's together with my something. wife, who my not not yet wife, she went to Chile for a, a trip of a few weeks, and this is what she brought me back. We'd been dating for maybe three months, and she brought me this thing. And and you let <laughs> really? go of the feet, and the she dick picked, pops out. She picked it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if ever you needed, That's my side boob know, mascot. Uh, uh, sort of a clue. But if you needed a clue that she was up for it, <laughs> then that'd be it. And I, I think she had you <laughs> pegged. <laughs> yes. She knew <laughs> what you were about. Anyway, what we are about tonight is El Topo 1970, Alex, Alessandro uh, Horowski. Uh, it's a midnight movie, uh, which explains Ricky's intro. And, you know, again... I just think we should launch into this because it's this is a lot. Be prepared to live the most wonderful experience of your life. Alejandro Jodorowsky's film classic, El Topo. Topo is not a Western. It goes far beyond any Western. El Topo is not a religious film. It contains all religions. It is a mystic film. El Topo is bloody. It is tender. It is sexual. El Topo is miraculous and terrible. It's funny. Yeah. 
it's violent. El Topo is monstrous and cruel. El Topo is more than spectacle. It is an experience for all of your life. to cover so i'll just give you a little synopsis now so if you're not interested in that you can skip past but if not stay with me all right so el topo is uh spanish for the mole all right so put that in your back pocket el topo follows a mysterious gunman clad in black accompanied by his uh naked son as they happen upon a town of massacred villages now El Topo, our gunman, tracks down those responsible at what seems to be a small monastery in the desert. Here, an obese, balding colonel and his gang of weirdos terrorise the, uh, the monks and surrounding villages uh, of this, uh, this area. So El Topo nails these assholes and liberates a young hot thing called Mara. Now, he, he, uh, when he hooks up with Mara, he decides to abandon his son. He said, fuck them kids. Yeah, and leaves him in the care of the monks, okay? And he sets off for a rather less complicated life with Mara. Anyway, Mara convinces El Topo to win her love by killing the four best gunmen in the land. So, you know, we all do stuff for our partners, so we're going to do it. So he sets off and one by one he kills the rather eccentric masters. But he's starting to have doubts because the mission isn't as straightforward as he thought. And the last gunman sort of kills himself, which sends El Topo into a bit of a tailspin. Well, meanwhile, a hot lesbian cowgirl has started to make the moves on Mara. Okay? You guys still with me? El Topo's quest was for, uh, was for nothing, it seems, uh, as Mara decides to take off with the interloper. This is after the lesbian shoots him in the hands and feet in a kind of stigmata homage. So, next up, El Topo is rescued by the local freaks and geeks and dragged to their subterranean cavern. And he awakens much later, several years later, to find out that he is being worshipped like a god by the deformed citizens. So apparently the people 
in the cave, these the sort of deformed outcasts are unable to escape the, the the cave system, as the only exit is unreachable. You know, because of their deformities and that. All right. Anyway, uh, El Topo decides to help these outcasts escape, so they might may rejoin society. So he says, "I'm going to help you build, uh, uh, dig a tunnel out of here." El Topo begins to dig his tunnel with the help of a dwarf girl, uh, and when they're not carting rocks. They hit the town and put on vaudeville shows for the local villagers to raise money for materials, you know, dynamite and stuff like that, useful stuff. Uh, anyway, they fall in love and they go to a chapel. Oh, this is actually, they, I think they go to the chapel after they're forced to have sex by the creepy, <laughs> beastly villagers. I did just remembered that bit. The villagers sort of force them mm-hmm. to have, because it's like, you know, uh, just a sort of a, grot- a grotesque um cruelty and then they end up falling in love as you do through that that process anyway they go to a chapel after that to be married by a monk and the monk is happy at first but then overcome by anger when he and we realize that the monk is now the now grown-up son of el topo all right el topo's dwarf wife begs him not to kill el topo and son of el topo says he will allow him to finish his tunnel but then he will kill him complicating matters son of el topo grows impatient with the progress and decides to help them raise money. He even takes part in their little vaudeville shows. So El Topo finally breaks through the rocks and the deformed cave peoples are liberated. They make their way down to the town, but unfortunately are gunned down by the exotic rich assholes who run the place. Okay. El Topo goes wild and goes on a rampage of vengeance, killing everyone in the town. He then covers himself in oil uh, and burns himself alive. Son of El Topo and the dwarf wife of El Topo and the new son of El Topo's dwarf wife ride off into the sunset. <laughs> Fuck me. Did you think it's strange that he, you know, he he left two of his kids and he left his wife by killing himself. Like that he he didn't know they were dead, right? Wait, so 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 you're saying selfish. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it's not I mean it's not the kind of parenting we've come to expect. <laughs> But um, the seventies was a different time. <laughs> but did so, he assume that they were dead? Like everyone was dead, right? No, I, I don't know. I think he's just overcome by it yeah. all. It was he a lot. Know. It was a lot for me. I agree with El Topo. Yeah, <laughs> I might have <laughs> topped myself as well. First time for <laughs> oh, seeing this yeah. movie. Yeah. Okay, right. Ricky, you'd seen this movie. Yeah, yeah, I think this was my third third viewing. I've actually seen it at the cinema what in a double feature with. Yeah, before I go to bed every night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> give myself sweet dreams. No, I've seen it. I've seen it at the cinema too. I believe with you, John, at the double feature with the Holy Mountain. Oh, oh yes, cool. It'd be cool at the cinema. Oh yeah, it was a real. It was a real experience, and I think that maybe that's something. The first thing to say is that you know this comes from. Uh, we're doing some of these movies now, these midnight movies, and this is a, this isn't just a saying. This has come from an actual time in history. So in the seventies. Uh, at, at a place called the Elgin Theatre, which is now the Joyce Theatre, at the corner of 19th Street and 8th Avenue. I always like to say those, those New York Street names. They eh? mm. make it sound really cool. Uh, we don't have anything like that here. We've got really dumb street names. So anyway, El Topo premiered at the Elgin Theatre on December 17, 1970 and ran continuously seven days a week until the end of June 1971, presumably at at midnight. And this was an innovation playing at midnight. And and there was a lot of people saying, you're crazy. Why would you play a movie at midnight? And something about the content, uh, the timing, 
the the audience, this sort of this counterculture youth who were disaffected. Well, this is me just you know imagining. It's the disaffected sort of uh, anti-war, uh, free-thinking crowd of the seventies going to see uh, El Topo, and then after that, I think it was knocked off. Uh, you know, probably by Razorhead or something, and maybe mm. Pink Flamingos after that. And there was a range of films uh, at this place. Uh, so it, 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 so when we think of Midnight Movie, oh, Rocky Horror as well. Rocky Horror Picture Show was a big one as well. And then it sort of died out in the early 80s, this sort of phenomenon of midnight movies. So imagine seeing this at midnight. Yeah, and, and you couldn't see this film unless you went to that theatre. Is that correct for, for a long time? Well, I'm not too sure. But look, I think that uh, the distribution until – I think it got picked up by – John Lennon and Yoko Ono, who gave it a big fat release, mm. a, a more of a mainstream release. But until then, it would have been just prints. We always forget that. Like it was, you know, back then it was, you know, cans of film. Yeah. And that was the film. Mm. And then if you had it, you had it. And if you didn't have yeah. it, you don't have it. So. Well, I've, I've actually got my notes here that, um, let's see, th- there was a partially censored Japanese laser disc that you could see and if you boot, bootleg videos, but its official DVD release was on the 1st of May 2007 and its first Blu-ray release was uh, April two, uh, April 2011. I remember I remember when this was re-released. I remember because, yeah, I, I to be frank, I'd never heard of it really because it wasn't about, just like some of the other stuff we talked about, it wasn't available. Yeah. And then I remember it had a big giant release and it came out on DVD, these beautiful DVDs, a book came out at the same time mm-hmm. and it was this real celebration and i do remember remember it vividly 2007 mm. yeah so that elgin theater that i mentioned uh on march i'll read this, this is directly from the wiki on march 20 1977 roger Euster, the owner of the elgin evicted the tenants so the people who were running the cinema gould and Zlatkin, for non-payment of rent totaling twenty one thousand three hundred ninety three ninety three dollars he immediately signed a lease with telegay a producer exhibitor of gay films who launched an all-gay pornography program on March 21. The change inspired immediate protests by local citizen groups picketing in front of the theatre. The theatre shut down its doors the following day. Later that week, Euster and Telegay President uh, William Perry met with the community groups. They agreed to return the theatre to its previous program format on a trial basis to see if the operation could be sustained on the income. (laughs) So... So is that just a big bluff to to get them out, or, or or what was that? But why would you go to the trouble? Why wouldn't you just board it up? Why would you go to the trouble of getting Telegay involved mm. if it was a bluff? Like why would you go anyway? Telegay, come down, and then he's got all of his canisters of, <laughs> of, of, of all film. hard gay <laughs> pornography, and he's excited. He's like, "This is going to be great." And you've, been, you've got him all g'd up, and then you know what? Just to get these other people to pay the money, I think that's a, it's a long road. <laughs> yeah. And why? And why should Mister Telegay have to put up with that kind of treatment? That's you know, true. He's a businessman. <laughs> yeah. What's the best for the masses? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, that's the Elgin. So following the release of this film, Hodowski courted controversy when he claimed that the rape scene was unsimulated. He says here, when I wanted to do the rape scene, and I explained to Mara that I was going to hit her and rape her, there was no emotional relationship to us. Um, because I had to put a clause in that in all the women's contracts stating that they would not make love with the director. Now that's fucking weird. We had never talked to each other. I knew nothing about her. We went to the desert with two other people, the photographer and the technician, no one else. I said, I'm not going to rehearse. There will only be one take. It will be impossible to repeat. Roll the cameras only when I signal to you. And I really, I really raped her. And she screamed. 
So, (laughs) so he went on to state that she told me she'd been raped before. And this is a quote. You see, for me, the character is frigid until El Topo rapes her. And then she has an orgasm. And that's why I show a stone phallus in that scene, which spouts water. She has an orgasm. She accepts the male sex. And that's what happened to Mara in reality. She really had that problem. Fantastic scene. A very, very strong scene. Strong scene, AJ. (laughs) Now, he's come out later on to say that that was all just a, a marketing ploy. Like the Blair Witch Project. Yes. He said, <laughs> they, they were words, not facts. Surrealist publicity in order to enter the world of cinema from a position of obscurity. He says, I acknowledge that this statement is problematic. I hate that term. In that it presents fictional violence against a woman as a tool for exposure. And now, 50 years later, I regret that this is being read as truth. What did Mara say? Did she come out? Yeah, that's the interesting thing. No. She didn't say anything. No response. No. Well, we can only assume guilt. And I think we should um, take everything he's got, burn his films, lock him up, and his kids <laughs> as just for being around. And I, I think <laughs> that that is the only thing for it because, I mean, you know, no smoke without fire. That's pretty hard, God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I mean, I just, you know, it's it not is even hard. that you even have the crew out there, just the three of you. It's big words. <laughs> it's pretty big. It's big. But, you know, who knows? I mean, yeah, who knows? That's right. I don't know. I think I think if it was, was legitimate the way he describes it, I think we'd be hearing from the that, chick. That's right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Because that sounds um, pretty full on. Yeah. Maria, Maria Schneider from Last Tango, that's she, right. she, she, um, you know, said she was made... fucked up from it. Yeah, she's made claims about about the director and um, brand. I'm not sure if they were there around to defend themselves, mm. but, but uh, she she made them and uh, yeah. So oh, she came out that late. Yeah, it was late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. That's right. Mm. So it was like uh, I think Bertolucci was still around, but but uh, Brando was long dead. Mm. Again, can't answer his uh, accuser, unfortunately. So right. let's but have it, to let it go. It does make me think of butter. Oh, the great scene. scene. Yeah. Great movie. <laughs> well, how about how about the iconic opening scene? The the rider in black holding that black umbrella with the naked child riding behind him. And then they, incredible. it's incredible. And the then one. they bury they dig in the sand and they bury what are they burying? A teddy bear and the, the picture, picture of the, of, of the, the wife or the or the mother of the kid, yeah, before they ride off. Because it's great. Turned seven and he's a man now. <laughs> you don't need <laughs> Yeah, because now you can be 40 yeah. and wear a Star Wars yeah. shirt. And still and have that teddy bear and, and that picture of your mum. That's right. And, and, and be watching uh, Disney nonsense. Uh, have, no, have Disney Plus and be like, it's, and the people are like, is that for your kid? And, they, and you're like, what kid? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Today you are seven years old. Now you are a man. Bury your first toy and your mother's picture. So, AJ, uh, were you just freaking out when you first started watching this? Because the, the, the first 10 minutes or so is really cool. It's crazy. 
Like the you've... shift is crazy too. Yes. Because um, I'm not a huge fan of westerns, and so at the start I was like, okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be slow. Like maybe this is gonna be slow, and then the next scene was fucking crazy. The music was great. The, the imagery of him of that weirdo just sucking on the high heels, like. Uh, well, that that's animals. sort of just after they bury all that shit, like they walk into that town and there's just rotting flesh everywhere. Mm. There's that oh, yeah. river of blood, <laughs> the hanging corpses, and the sound of vultures. Like you don't see them, but you just hear them. Like it's just really, really disturbing. Yeah. And then and then they find that one surviving dude who's like, "Kill me, kill me!" And then he gets his son to shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. he's completely naked, seven-year-old son. Just wear, just wearing a hat and some shoes. Just here you go. Please kill me. Have mercy and kill me. Who did this? Kill me for the love of God. So funny about that. That that was, you know, that the the nudity of children you know in you know photos and cinema and and whatever as so it's so uh like out of order today yeah whereas um and we've had famous cases of you know that photographer who used to live used to mm. live near uh oh yeah i used to live next to that guy australian photographer who's who's taken you know sort of artsy uh, photos of of you know nude uh, children and teenagers and whatever and the cops busting in and you know to his gallery and stuff like yeah. that so obviously there's been it's been a big big deal uh for fairly obvious reasons but it's just so interesting how you know you watch these movies from the 70s and stuff and like um there's obviously been a cultural shift yeah you know and and this is from this is presumably in mexico and Podowski's from uh, Chile and France, so I mean, you know, it's it's loose. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. like they're just doing whatever. Whereas, like, so, yeah, but it's, so those things really stick out now. You know, like he's even in even in nineteen seventy eight Superman. Uh, I think he's nude when he picks up the car when he's a little kid. You know, and it's really sweet mm. and like it's to- like totally natural and and so real and 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 that's big. But and that what's great is that that's big budget mainstream hollywood film whereas this is um you know obviously counterculture so you can't say oh it's because this is they're all perverts on this movie <laughs> there may have been some perverts on this movie but uh they're, they're both uh, they both have that whereas now yeah that's why it sticks out a hundred times mm. more now like like i mean everything else is the violence and all of that is is you know and, and the sexual assault and all that sticks out as well but but now along with all that stuff like the nudity of the child sticks mm. out mm. or or you know the endless animal cruelty. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah. Which I think this might be the golden age of animal cruelty yes. in cinema, the 1970s. Like the whenever you watch a movie from the 70s, you just know it's always on the cards. Fucking rabbits, yeah. just like you know, dying on screen. Lions chained up in the background. Where they get them from? Mm. I- iguanas on leashes. Mm. Iguanas on leashes. More than one. A whole bunch. <laughs> yeah. People. People. People riding them. Up. Riding them, picking them up, and using them. Well, either riding them or using them as, as yes, packers, whatever <laughs> mixture of the two, and uh, blowing up a crow mm. on screen. Yeah, like in the same shot, one shingle shot. You know, just like boom, mm. and, just blow, and, and you see, like, and you just go, "Wow, this is um, <laughs> this is a lot." 
know, they did that just totally, you know, now it's got to be full CG, of course. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it'd have to be. Yeah. Well, on, on, the, on the third viewing, I think you really see the shittiness of the fighting and the gunplay. You know, it's as though you never these liked ca- Kodowski's <laughs> shitty. Kung Fu no, I love it. I love it though. It's as though the, the characters have never held guns before. You know, not just the way they shoot them. It's like you know, they're supposed to be gunslingers and stuff, but but you know, it's like they've picked up a gun for the first time. You know, and, and which is and, good. And, and Hodowaski's flute playing is so badly synced. What do you mean? And and <laughs> and, and I and I noticed this thing this time round. Like this in in that um, in that scene you mentioned where where they're kind of forced to have sex in 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 that weird back alley bar place. Yes, there's like a little band playing, mm. and the woman playing the organ she stops playing well before the organ music stops. <laughs> oh, yeah. She like, turns around from a chair, and the organ music still going. Yeah, that is that. <laughs> I'll show us how the rest of it goes. Your wedding night. Let's see how you look undressed. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I think it's all by design, though. I think it's it's shitty, but it's great for some reason. It's, and, and the shitty fighting with the old butterfly catcher guy in the desert, mm. like. <laughs> but it's good because it brings relief because it's pretty fucking heavy. <laughs> yeah. I guess it is. Well, well, what we're looking at is really authentic mm. and, and you, you know, you're really caught up in a lot of it. You know, some of these midnight movies all have this same thing. Eraserhead, Pink Flamingos, they have this 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 manic energy, and you really do feel like you're watching, you know, at times documentary, psychological documentary, where they're doing things. Yeah, they are blowing up crows and like actually pushing each other down dangerously and jumping off things and blowing up things and and you know doing a lot of mad stuff. And so. They're, you're on edge, like you know that there was no intimacy coach yeah. on the show, mm. and you know there was no stunt coordinator or uh, health and safety. <laughs> so it's just all <laughs> happening, like yeah. you know anything. It's all happening, and mm. and you know that all those extras, they ain't part of the Screen Actors Guild. No, no. You, you know they are villagers. <laughs> yeah. and, and he and he said, "Okay, just stand here." And they're like, "Oh, I've got to go back to the fields later." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, do that later." Anyway, stand here, and this is just when the blood pack goes off, yeah. I want you to fall to the ground like a like dog meat, like dog meat. Just fall down and die like the dog meat you are. And they go, "Okay, okay, all right." Yes. So it's a, you're watching just you know that's what this feeling this movie gives you. You're just like fucking hell, yeah. Jesus! I traded my gun for a butterfly net. You'll have to fight me with your fists. <laughs> Hit me. Go on. Go on. Surprised, eh? My net 
is a lot mightier than your gun is. If you fire once again, I will return your own bullet into your heart. One thing that's that's shocking is is all the disabled people in it. You know, the the the, the people without arms and legs and missing limbs yeah. and stuff. You know, it wasn't to me. I I, I see. The person not the disability. <laughs> yeah. so if you've said that, then I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry you felt that. I would never call them freaks uh, or deranged, deformed, you know, monsters. I would just say, you know, they're people too. So, um, but what do we think of hiring? Because I mean, if dear listener, if you're thinking, you're picturing one or two. No, you're, you're <laughs> you are wrong. There's a lot. There's like a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, they they outweigh all the able-bodied people. Yeah, so many that you real you're genuinely worried for Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's so many that you're like, and they're so different. But but it wasn't just uh, a, a a club foot. It was like no arms, yeah. thin, th- th- like thin kind of like th- thalidomide legs, or just everything you can imagine. Uh, all the horrors that you can mm. imagine and you're like wow and, and just like so what do we think because because the thing is the line now is again is, is pretty uh clear now it would be you're not allowed to do that so, well well you could only do that if they were playing the president of the united states yeah you could or, or if they were yeah if it was like if you were making some kind of statement about representation but then again what's the deal though so with representation, like, you know, because I noticed they did this in, in I mean, there's a, a UK series that's been going for like 20 years called Silent Witness, just one of these sort of like, I don't know, cop shows or whatever. And in one of the later ones that like on the cover, they've got a woman in a wheelchair and she's obviously one of the cops or something or, you know, and, and she looks to have a fairly, you know, I'm, I'm not judging, it just looks to be quite a severe looking disability, at least outwardly, I'm sure, cognitively uh, just fine. But, but uh I just wonder with, with with where's the line with representation like like what would happen if you said if you were like I don't know like a certain kind of extreme casting person and you were like okay well I think everyone in this I think everyone in this should be disabled like if you were do if you were mm-hmm. casting the new Ally McBeal and you were like yeah they're all everyone's disabled in it would anyone step up and say <laughs> who would be the one in the meeting to say this is a bit um, strange. And then go, and then you'd look at them like with big eyes, and you'd say, "Sorry, what was that? <laughs> what was that up the back?" And they go, "Oh, just you know, do we need, do we need them all?" And then you go, "Do do we not need them all to be disabled? You tell me, you tell me, you fucking bigot." You well, I think that would have the opposite effect, though. If they were all like that, you'd be like, "What alternate universe is this?" Like. What are you saying? saying that's <laughs> the universe of freaks. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you think? Yes. Is that what you think? Well, yes. I'm an advocate and I say that uh, it's either all or nothing. But no, I just think there was a little thought experiment. I don't know where I was going with that. But, <laughs> but there is a lot a lot in this movie. Well, the main two guys that that's amazing and disturbing is there's one guy that has no arms yes. and he carries around a guy with no legs. He did really so well. So together they make a whole bodied person. So no, would you it. say... AJ, would you say that those were your favourite freaks? Or um, I like the little ones? T-Rex. I like the little girl. The... Oh, yeah. With the T-Rex arms and yeah. legs. Quite something. <laughs> she was nice. Yeah. She was good. And she explained, she said, it's because of the incest. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, that's what we're all thinking. Mm. So, I mean, she just was joining the dots. But, but those guys are... Uh, 
I love that guy with the uh, the the no arms and the guy with the the no le- the no legs. That that is that's a level of art you you just you can't get anymore. You know, like think of that. That was one thing in this movie. If if that if you wanted to do that now, the whole movie would have to be about that guy. Yeah, yeah. Like it would be called you know, yeah, three billboards surrounding this this disabled guy and then it would it would be about him and he'd be working at him and he's and he'd meet that other guy and they'd be at the same convenience store and then they would hook up it would be like a well it'd probably be gay <laughs> it's like a well. bro movie like well they'd be gay and they'd definitely be gay now and then it <laughs> would be about stuck on you that's what it sounds like in a... <laughs> <laughs> early brothers movie <laughs> yeah a little bit like that <laughs> So anyway, they'd meet and then they would it would change their lives because they'd, they'd he'd, be, he'd be like, "You can get me up high, I can pick up stuff." This episode's and... gonna come back to haunt us. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think of of when they kill his master? Because because the guy he works for is one of the one of the gunslingers. So El Topo kills that guy, and they're totally devastated when when they he's are. shot. And then the mm. guy with no arms oh is so angry. He's like running. And he's, of he is. he's got, he's, <laughs> he's got the legs. <laughs> he's got the legs, but he's got a gun in the holster and he's trying to get it out, but he's got no arms. <laughs> he can't get it. He can't Ricky. get it. And that's the tragedy of life. Because okay? he wants to so... shoot the chick in the face because he's so Maybe that's enough about the freaks. I think that uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of them, and you know, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. You can't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just have, just have a couple. So, <laughs> so are you saying too many? Um, well, no, I thought, I thought there was, there was. They seemed appropriate, like you know. Um, I would, you know, if I was all about representation, I would say that maybe there wasn't enough speaking parts for them. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, well, the 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 main dwarf character got to do a lot. Yeah, oh yeah, did. no, she did give a lot. No, no, I really did like her. She, no, she, she was, was really she good. was she was really good, and um, uh, I was totally invested in their relationship. Yeah, me too. Yeah, totally. Mm. So, so w- w- one of the other problematic parts of this movie are the slaves. Look, that slave, poor dude. That was so, horrible. So, <laughs> so there's a scene. Where well, there's a scene before this. There's a scene where, where all these slaves are getting branded, and all these like well-to-do, tough women in their sixties and beyond are kind of all dolled up watching it and just like getting off on it. it. And they're gross. And then there's another scene where there's one slave who's like tending to this whole room of of these women, and 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 one wants her nails done, and the other's hot, and so he's fanning her, and then the other one you know, drop something between her legs and he goes down to pick it up and then... And she was a bit like, while you're down there. While you're yeah. down there. Yeah. But yeah. then it's like, oh, my God, ladies, you know, like he's, he's um, you know, he's looking at my thighs and then, you know, I was trying yes. to rape me. And then mm. basically they're all screaming that he's trying to have, he's trying to have his way with them all, but, but they're basically mm. just gang raping this one slave guy. Oh, this degenerate managed to sneak a look at my... Ha <laughs> ha! 
as to how he's treating me. You do the slave. How dare you? How dare you? Help! He's having his evil way with me. He's raping me. But then they get the, they get the villagers to essentially mob him and lynch him, and they they right. they put him on a rope and then shoot him. Yeah, and he probably preferred so, that than what he was doing to to be with those disgustos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. But but this is the problem though of of a movie like this. Like the whole point of this movie is to be provocative, to be yeah, you know, it's surrealism and 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 it's meant to have uh, you know, it's not. It's not rational. It's 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 meant to be offensive and and daring and troubling and uh, beyond the pale. And that's why we don't see these movies now. That's why we don't see them. They because there is no outlet for them. Like they've you know. And and actually, this is a movement that has come you know come and gone a couple of times. You know, like like we we've had movements in the twenties of the surrealists and stuff like that. So, but th- like that that thing with the slave, like now. The one reading of that would be, we know what it would be. It would be, oh, how dare you? Like, you know, it's not your lived experience. You know, you can't talk about that. Um, you know, uh, you know, I just can't believe you would, you would, you would have a character like that. You would even have a slave, and you didn't like, you know, consult actual slaves. You know, but like, but also, you- there's no sort of resolution to that whole slave situation. I know most of the villagers get gets get kind of blown away at the end by El Topo, but you know, this there's no the slaves aren't rescued, they aren't that they, they don't rise no. up. Like this it's just that's how life is in this town, you know. Well, you said it. You said it. So how can surrealism, which is what that sequence and well the whole fucking movie is, yeah. how can that exist in an era when all art is about virtue and morals. Yeah. And so and so fucking literal as well. And literal, yeah, as yeah. you said before. So you get bit by the spider, you're a spider man. Yeah. You know, like that, you, you, that's it. You put up a bat mask, you're a fucking Batman. That's it. Like that's straight up. <laughs> ain't no ain't no other layer to it, okay? So um I find myself being drawn and drawn to darker and darker art and artists to counteract this mm. this sort of stifling atmosphere. Maybe mm. that's why I'm going on this this cycle. But you know, with the causes and conditions we have today, you don't get old topo. Because the object, if the object is to teach virtue and inclusiveness, then you don't, then El Topo can't exist. Because have you noticed that when someone tries to just do an old fashioned anything, like, like, you know, if let's just say your main objective is to, yeah, make a Western or, you know, make a comic book movie or make a comedy or make an art film or whatever, usually, if, if it's from America, that is, you need to jump through all of these hoops that have nothing to do with that main objective Mm. so and so much to the point where sometimes those side shows take over the whole thing so it ends up being a train wreck because you 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 haven't been able to to focus on your you know just the the thing and you know the world as you say the world of el topo of this movie inside this movie the movie the, the one that it depicts is not inclusive it's not diverse it's not about representation it's about it's it's a it's about suffering it's a nightmare. It's a dream. It's a metaphysical. It's it's unfair. It's horrible, and it's probably in some ways closer to real life than you know some of this other shit we see. Mm. So it's just it's just fascinating to me that um, a, a scene like that, which is shocking, 
And and what I would say is, like, someone would criticize it, and then you would have to say, don't you think that the point of the scene is pretty obvious, though? Like, don't you think that, like, he's not saying slavery's great? Mm. He's not saying, like, didn't, didn't, aren't the villagers, um, like, the elite? And, like, he's, like, the proletariat? Like, isn't that, like, what's happening? Like, this is this, this, uh, despicable me- uh, metaphor for, for, you know, society but but, but again I, I i feel like for some reason everything has to be laid out so literally you know because mm-hmm. they they would probably argue oh well he's not he's not not saying that slavery is bad you know <laughs> that's right <laughs> no but that's true that 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 is the argument we said it before about you know this these the, the these these allegations that have come out uh not by the actress, but by um, the people who watched the movie and listened to things that he said probably when he was dressed up like as an actual cowboy saying them yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, in the costume. We've heard allegations from these people because when you're from that side of things, the on, on, on an extreme end of things, they don't care about court of law. They don't care about uh, about uh, context, you know, innocent, innocent till proven guilty. About context, about nuance, about innocence. They don't care. So they would say, as you're right, they're like, well, you know, again, because remember, it's not enough to be not racist. You need to be anti-racist. Mm. So it's like, well, I'm not into slavery. I, I clearly have, have 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 said it's bad in my movie. Well, but you didn't explicitly say that you that you're an anti-slavery mm. guy. And you go, well, like I guess not. And then they go, aha, there it is. <laughs> and yep. then that's the end. That's the end of you. But the crazy thing is, is that this movie is insane. And it does have racing, <laughs> slavery, disabled Freaks. people, um, like it, it'd just, animal cruelty. It'd be take your pick. Like, yeah. what, what are you going to get mad about? Because you should be getting mad about the whole fucking film. Like, it is cra- it's a crazy movie. <laughs> mm. Like there's so much going on. That slavery scene would have been two minutes probably at max. Yes, yeah. I mean, we, we've been talking about it for ten minutes or so, but it's such a small, it's just one part of this whole That's fucking right. thing. That a, a movie <laughs> that went for two hours. Yeah, and and I'm bit, sure bit that long. happens. Bit long, did you think? No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Like, I think it's interesting that people would pick apart that part, and it's like, yeah. Well, I guess that's flavor of the month, really BLM. But all we that. no, but we kind of don't know which one, that, which part they would pick. Yeah. I think they'd have that's a so. problem with a lot of it. Well, yeah. you've just got to sidle up when they go when the, you're standing next to them, and then they go, they go, oh my god, oh this is fucking awful, oh god, look at that, and then you just got to go, yeah, that's that's really bad, and they go, isn't have you ever seen anything like that? And you go, no, no, which which bit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you go and then they go, What do you mean you don't know? And then you go, Oh You guys just gonna pretend you do. Oh and you go, Was it the was it when the, the bees and the honeycomb they got killed? Because I know bees, we shouldn't be killing That's right. That's a big deal, the bees, right? <laughs> and then they go and then you there's a big pause and they look at you and then they go, Yes, that is bad. But, <laughs> but. what about the other stuff? And you go, Oh, there's more. So you just gotta sort of play along right. for as long as you can. Mm. And so and just go, Oh yes. I mean, you could just go through the list. I mean, why are they why would someone like that be watching this movie? I don't know. My experience is they don't watch it. That's exactly anything. right. Yeah. They, they wouldn't watch anything. it. Yeah. But yeah. they'd they hear wouldn't. about one little part. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Yas- Yasmin Abdul Magid. 
from <laughs> Australia. Uh, she she, she stood up. She doesn't, but she is Australian. <laughs> I I believe that you can dissent and still be an Australian, AJ. All right. Anyway, she stood up at the Writers Festival when Lionel Shriver gave her talk about cultural appropriation. She said, "Well, first she, uh, as she told us in her article, oh, Mama, I'm gonna, I need to do it. I'm gonna get up.'" And she made a big show of standing up and walking out because that's what you do. You don't watch. You don't yeah. listen to the whole thing. Yeah. You don't read the whole thing. You don't. Want, and then you go out and you trash it and you trash it and you defame everyone. That's the that because that is integrity. That's what you do. So don't watch Old Topo. <laughs> call call him a, rape, a a rapist, and that everyone and the movie's the worst thing ever. But make sure you haven't seen. That's it. right. Mm. <laughs> well, to to circle back to my question, do you think it's a bit long? Um. I thought at the beginning, I was like, does this movie seriously cover to us? But I didn't think it was too long. A a lot happens. um, When did you watch it, though? I've been watching these on a Friday night now. No, I watched it this Arvo. I know you did. Uh, (laughs) I got the message. But I've been fine. I've been watching them on a Friday night and just sort of settling in. And I've been loving it. Like, it's... uh, it's just got. It, this went in a blink. Mm. Like I was so wrapped up in uh, in the, in in the imagery and you know, and it was. It's a story, a confounding story, uh, becoming of good conversation. I found the first time I watched it, I was like, I was really in love with all the Western stuff in the sort of the first half of the movie, mm. or, or it's more than half, really. Uh, and then I was a little bit angry when it got to him being this weird busking monk guy. Like <laughs> <laughs> this was this is your first experience. But yeah, but the first time I ever saw it. Yes. But but now the third time I've seen it, I, I actually really enjoy that all of that. You know where where he's trying to save all the freaks and geeks and all that. Like well, I I got I I have look I've been thinking about this, but you know because this movie taps into. You know, because I was pretty much the same when I saw it, like you know, a long time ago now, uh, over a decade, and I have gotten into a bit of Eastern philosophy since then. And some me- some of the messages in this movie may have been a little lost on me at the time. Now, when you see this movie as I think enlightenment is the key, when you see that as the lens to look at this movie uh, as the uh, the El Topo's journey, then that's mm. the skeleton key. So particularly if you consider that self-immolation at the end. So he burns himself at the end like I can't I'm, my uh, Vietnamese isn't very good but what was his name uh, Tik Quang Duc. We've all seen this image of the the monk burning himself. Uh, he was a Mahayana Buddhist monk, burned himself uh, on Saigon Road 1963. Is it the cover of the Rage Against the Machine album? I it is. It yeah. Be. I actually I've been to Thailand. They've got a they've got an, the most badass statue of this guy like in in lotus position uh, you know sort of a, a giant uh, statue and and flames rising, but he's peaceful, you know, and it's just incredible uh, statue. So anyway, if we work back from that, that's the end of the movie. You know, a uh, couple of other things uh, to put Mara in perspective. And I, I this occurred to me when I was watching it this time. I was like, Mara. I was like, I know Mara. It's a Buddhist demon. Ah. So so Mara is uh, you know just basically. Um, an image that was sent to uh, Buddha before he was Buddha uh, as a beautiful woman, a vision of a beautiful woman uh, to sort of tempt him sort of, you know. Uh, so and it's, Mara's been associated with death, birth and 
death, rebirth, and, and desire and stuff like that. So uh, she's leading him in the wrong direction. So if you go from the beginning, you can see you can start to see the sections of the movie in in relation to enlightenment, like and getting out of this cycle. I won't go too deep into this, but to get out of this cycle of samsara. So samsara is life, death, and rebirth. This constant cycle of suffering that we're in right now. That's the the, the world we're in right now. So the idea is that you know you've got this this pain within you you never achieve peace and then you die and then you 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 are reborn and the cycle continues so el topo is obviously trapped in samsara and he is being born and reborn and and going through this cycle and the re and what what decides whether you get enlightenment or not is you know sort of how much uh uh in layman's terms sort of a good karma you can accrue you know or and so so uh karma through uh, positive uh actions of body speech or mind so even from the beginning right so he's on this search for enlightenment uh he rejects his son well that 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 karmically comes back to you know, to to return to him, but falling for Mara is is very much falling for, you know, d- desire, human human desire, gratification, things in in that we shouldn't like. It's the thing is that desire you've got to have that have the the extra piece of cake or or you know get on Twitter and you know get get that dopamine release. That is. That's Mara, like coming to you and saying, "Hey, let's go here." But really, you just want peace. You want enlightenment and peace. And so, anyway, moving quickly, uh, you know, he, he kills the gunslingers, and, and that's not worth it. Uh, I guess this other demon rolls up and steals Mara. But when he's reborn, he dies and he's reborn in the caves. Uh, he decides, and this is the most Buddhist part of it, I suppose, or, or, or Indian philosophy as well, committing himself to others, to 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 helping the suffering of others. And uh, and at the end, you know, we've got, I guess you could say, I've only got a very simplistic reading of it, but I just see, you know, obviously the things he's done and, and the, uh, his, the actions of body, speech and mind, was, it was enough negative karma to, to bring about all of the horror of, you know, all the villages being killed and all of that and his son. And so that's, that's, that, that was a reading that I, I hadn't thought the first time I saw it a long time ago. I was just like, what the fuck is this? And I am still a bit like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of shit in this. There's a lot of honeycomb and shit in this movie <laughs> that I don't know where to fit. But but my but those little things I think, you know, they certainly help me. If I go, oh, okay, no. if it's enlightenment and Mara and those things, I go, okay, I'm starting to I can start to enjoy myself a bit more if I've got those guardrails up. It's like with Mulholland Drive. Once you start to to re- re- recognize Mulholland Drive as a dream and that the beginning part is her going onto a pillow, you can sort of start to go, okay, I can put this in a bit of perspective. But when it is just uh, a, a bunch of imagery coming at you and you're like oh my god i don't know what this is so i guess but a lot of people might would but then again a lot of symbols in this movie mm. Mm, yeah so i guess it's your you know uh how are you with symbols you know because he's, he's obsessed with you know christian symbols and you know uh eastern uh you know symbols and things like that and uh i feel like i feel really ignorant watching this but oh and tarot he loves tarot yeah. A lot of his mm. YouTube videos are on tarot. There's, I think there's there's more tarot in uh, Holy Mountain, I feel. Yes, a lot of tarot <laughs> in that movie. There's a shitload of tarot. But he loves it. Actually, tarot is probably the big one. And I've and because I'm a bit ignorant to tarot, I don't know. Mm. I don't, like it's a lot sort of lot. I feel, but at least. What, you've seen Live and Let Die? Come on. That's right. Yeah, well, I learned everything I need to know. Do you know what I just bought? <laughs> I bought the Dali. Really? Deck. Oh, really? 
Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Wonderful bucks. stuff. That will work. <laughs> oh, well, well, just to it. remind our audience, um, for, for the Live and Let Die um, tarot pack, because one of the characters is a tarot reader, uh, they originally got Salvador Dali to, or they wanted him to to design the, the tarot deck, but didn't have enough money in the budget to pay him what, what he's worth. So, But years later, he went on and designed his own tarot deck, but that's cool. I am not a god. I am a man. How long have I been here? Since long before I was born. I have looked after you since I was a little girl. The old one says you will free us. Come. We've been prisoners for many years in this cavern. That opening is the only way out. It takes many days of climbing the cavern walls to get to it. Outside, at the foot of the mountain, there's a big town. They won't help us to get out. We're deformed from years of incest, so we're repulsive to them. Well, we've got to keep, we've got to keep moving. So, uh, AJ, just quickly, Keeper or Creeper, a couple of, couple of notables tonight. I didn't go too deep into the cast because um, <laughs> I wanted... You know, we've already talked about, there's a fairly obvious segment earlier in the show. We talked about some people who wouldn't be on the list, for example. <laughs> but I'll leave that up to you. So, uh, well, I, you know, I'll just give you the two of them and then you give me give me what you think. So, first we've got Alejandro uh, Horowski as El Topo. Lean. He is. You know. Yeah. So, quite lean. Tall. I think he's tall. Okay. Feels tall. Uh, good head of hair. Mm, great hair. Mm. Big beard. Yeah, I like a beard. Big beard. Yeah. Single father. Yeah. So that's that is what it is. But he is happy to lose the kid if that's what you want. That's true. And I'm down <laughs> with that. I like it. So you know, I mean that's the commitment he's got. So if that's what you're into, he's into that. Um deep. He's doing a deep sort of brooding sort of vibe. I don't know how you go with that. So you know, I mean, and to be honest with you, a little mercurial. So he might play some flute for you or rip your clothes <laughs> off in the desert. <laughs> so well, we've all been there. So I don't know. <laughs> um, but he does have the capacity for change, which is nice. That's so true. if you know, if you like the whole former bad boy thing, then this this guy might be up your alley. Uh, oh, one last thing: secret talent, um, mime and vaudeville. Yeah, I, I, so I don't dig that. He could. But he could put on a little show for you if that's what you want. It's like the pick dance. You, pick me up. The, the, the show he does is so bad. It's terrible. It's okay. so terrible. Well, that's why he didn't get much money for it so, from the villagers. That's why it took him so long to get those villagers out. Yeah. Well, you notice they didn't get any dynamite from what I could see. So mm. they didn't, yeah. you know. So anyway, second up, uh, we'll, we'll get your uh, final summation uh, or your final uh, judgment soon. But David Silver as the colonel. Okay. Now, I won't he's say a he's, he's a keeper. older, maybe distinguished. Okay, that's how I'd put it. Uh, he is a colonel, so quite <laughs> high up, rank wise. But to be honest, I think it's more of an honorary title, like Colonel Sanders. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and while we're on that topic, he's not a gym junkie. No, uh, uh, likes a bit of makeup. <laughs> Does so that's fun. Wear satin boxes. Satin boxes, so you know that's again up for fun. The problem with the makeup, though, is that you have to put it on him. So, 
Mm. That's you'll have to put it on him. And same goes for his rug. Did I mention he wears a piece? Or <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's also got some mates that he's pretty tight with, and I don't know. It's, it's minor, really, but he might force you to kiss them on the mouth, and they're like old and toothless. <laughs> so I don't know if that's if that's a deal breaker, but, but, but that's, that's the Colonel. So firstly, El Topo, Keeper or Creeper? I'm gonna say Keeper. Yeah. Keeper, Keeper. Is that fucked El up? That no, that's is, right. That says up. a lot. So what put him over the line? He was a good guy deep down. Yeah. And, he, and wow. he it's his transformation. Want. It is. His he, transformation. he becomes. He becomes. So that you liked that. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I think you do like the bad boy, the former bad boy. Because mm. the thing is, if a, if a guy's a total punk bitch, you're not into it. But if he's like, oh, you know, I, I'm 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 all sensitive in that now. But you know, I used to be a, a real hard yeah. dude, mm. gunslinger, like, oh, rapist. Well, he's the, yeah, he's still got the capacity <laughs> to be like a bit bit hard yeah. when you want him to be in the bedroom. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's great, and and just 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 you never know. It could be a double. So uh, the Colonel, keeper or creeper? Creeper. Oh, creeper. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, push that one know. over the line. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyway, that's keeper for creeper. Keeper or creeper tonight. So we've got a keeper. Though. That's good. I don't know how I feel about it, but yeah, I, I choose my choice. <laughs> I like to think we just. I just don't even want to think about. It. I just go well, you know. Um, Let's just think about it another time. We'll write them all down and we'll look at them. We'll do like a <laughs> yeah. uh, a, a roundup at the end of the year. Yeah, and we'll say, mm. how did it pan out? What were the winners? We, we should have a keeper or a creeper, like um, our own tarot deck of keeper and creeper. <gasps> That's amazing. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Or like, yeah, would be cool. you know, like uh, training cards, you know. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got a quick fire round for you guys. I'm going to put all some right, questions cool. out there. And it, you can they can be rhetorical or you can answer them if you've got a got a good answer. Okay, why is that guy licking shoes in the desert? Because they miss women. Yes, he's a misogynist pig. Why is that guy wearing three hats? <laughs> There's a guy wearing three hats. <laughs> you missed that. <laughs> he's just really, you know, sun smart. Uh, why is that guy making a picture of a naked woman out of almonds? Yeah, again, because I think he wants to fuck. I think they're both he, he missing women. He just kind of try and mount. He the, does the weird. This almond. was the part you didn't understand. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just throwing these questions out there. Why okay. is that chick fingering a cactus? Oh, to show the chick what she's in for. Yeah, it's a come on. I think. Why, why is El Topo rubbing a beehive on his beard? Oh. Frank does that. <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> just moisturizing, you know. It's like the, the, the like that Moroccan oil that guys rub into their beards. I don't know. Uh, why do the two sheriffs have fake beards, fake fa- sheriff badges, and dress as women in the church? Yeah, the sheriff. They were strange. Christian people's where they identify. <laughs> Again, I just maybe one day you'll stop being bigger. <laughs> I would have asked why the how the freaks were able to rescue him if they can't escape their cave. I don't get it. Like, how, yes. how did they get out of the cave to rescue him? <laughs> oh yeah, that's the question I had. Yes. I didn't care about the honeycomb. I was like, well, I was like, well, wait a minute, wait, these people are, can't get out of this cave, but they did. They got they rescued him. Yes, that is weird. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, you know, that's just a good overview of some of the weird, weird and wonderful, wacky stuff in in this movie. Which and I love all that. It's great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Can you imagine him showing people the script? 
I, I wonder how much of this was in the script, though. Do, do we know if much of it was just like on the fly, let's just throw all this mad shit together? I don't know. It seems seems scripted to me, but I, then again, I have no I have no evidence. But it just it just I, I it, you know it seems because you're burning film. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you're not oh, you have right. to you have to know what you're shooting. Yes. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know what I mean? Have you got some trivia? I do. Yeah. So uh, there there was a sequel that was planned, and uh, since at least the early 1990s, Hodowowski's been attempting to make a sequel. Oh, um, and in 1996, a teaser poster was released, but apparently no shooting was actually done. Uh, the original working title was The Sons of El Topo, um, and so it seems like nothing's happened with that. Uh, a 2002 article in The Guardian stated that Marilyn Manson was attached to star in the film, but Hodowaski was having great difficulty raising money for the project. Um, so Hodowaski uh, in 2009 stated that his next room and project, a metaphysical Western entitled King Shot, uh, is not happening, and instead he is to begin work on Son of El Topo in collaboration with some Russian producers. So none of that's happened, but in 2016 a sequel was released in, a com- in comic book form under the name of Sons of El Topo. So that's a little bit of a cop-out. Like He's been very busy on the comic book oh. scene. Has he? Yeah, for a long time, yeah, yeah. Because, look, it's impossible to get independent cinema money now. John Waters, look, I've got two other examples. John Waters has had to write a novel of his, of a movie, of a movie that we would have, he would have just made. Cronenberg had to write a novel, Consumed, I think it was called. So our heroes, that they're, whoever was funding them, the kind of people that were funding them and the kind of structures are gone. They cannot get money to do it. Yep. Would that be the same for Lynch? Absolutely, yeah. So he would be, yeah, totally. Like, I mean, yeah. he 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 went to Showtime, but that was because Twin Peaks was was a TV show, and yeah. we're into TV shows now. So it was that like meeting a moment, and it was like a brand, and it had built in prestige. Yes, so he managed. Yeah. But if he said, if he, but if he was like, I want to make a, a movie, an original movie, yeah, you know. Like in the Inland Empire. Imagine making Inland Empire now. I mean, I know that he probably just shot that in his backyard, but still, yeah. like, you know, it, these the, the funding for these movies is is completely gone. You know, and and uh, unless you want to make it for actually nothing, which what's the point of, of a Hodowaska movie made for nothing? Because what we like, as we'll find out when we watch the Holy Mountain, is we like it when he's got cash behind him. Yeah, we like to see what he's got mm. to do. You know. Yeah. So, uh, years later, Hodowaski, ashamed of the part he forced his own son to play, invited him to his house. He went with his son to the backyard and asked him to dig. Inside the hole, there was an old teddy bear and an old picture of his mother. And he said, now you are eight years old and you have the right to be a kid. Aww. Aww. That's, I like that. Like, you know, it's sweet. sweet. It was uh, Mexico's official selection as best foreign language film category at the 44th Academy Awards, but it wasn't picked up. Did anyone up. slap anyone at that <laughs> Academy Award? Or? Oh, I don't think so. No. no, it's a new thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mentioned this earlier, like on set, uh, Hodowaski demanded that the contracts of all the actresses contain a clause stating that they under uh, that they will not sleep with the director. So Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. I didn't get Katie to sign one of those. She was in one of my movies, and, uh, and now she's my baby. So you do the math. Yeah, something happened. Right? Uh, so Otto wanted to shoot an episode with ten thousand rabbits, but they brought him only three hundred, 
And there's a legend that he strangled all of the rabbits with his own hands and used their corpses in the plague scene. Yeah. So, Sounds about right. Yeah. It's a bit like, you know, that whole Alice Cooper myth of him biting heads off chickens and shit like that. Uh, the insect that El Topo bites in the cave scene is a Goliath beetle, one of the largest insects in the world. It's gross. It is, yeah. Temple of Doom, gross. Mm. Yes. Now, um, this is something I actually wanted to bring up earlier, but I forgot. The boy in the monk habit, you know, when he leaves his son and then yeah. he's in the monk habit, that is not that is not his son. Oh. It's so while many films employ doubles for nude scenes, El Topo does the exact opposite, employing a lookalike for the clothes scene. That's a bit rough. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? It's like I'm going to use my actual son for all the nude stuff, but when he's clothed, I'm going to get a clo- we'll, a clothed we'll double. Get around the lawyers that way. <laughs> That's ultimate, though. I know. That, I know. Ultimate surrealism. It's like you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's great, imagine explaining it? that to Cersei on on <laughs> on Game of Thrones. You're like, okay, I got an idea. How about you know we get the CG double for the rest of the show? And <laughs> you, you only do out. the nude scene. You only do the nude scene <laughs> in season six. Five seasons to CG before. Uh, so my last thing here, Entertainment Weekly ranked this as number eleven on their guilty pleasures testosterone edition list. In their what? March 30, 2007 issue. Do you think that list <laughs> still exists today? The Guilty Pleasures Testosterone Edition. I think that the word testosterone <laughs> is is code for rape culture. I think that um, this wouldn't be on a list of anything ever again. Um, Entertainment Weekly would would not be talking about it. Like they just they'd be worried about the Twitter mob. Mm. You know. Well, let's look at a few reviews here. So uh, most of the critics debated whether the visuals, the, the sequences and montages were, were, were meaningful or merely just exploitative. Um, so concerning the symbolism within the film, Vincent Canby of the failing New York Times wrote, uh, they're all there in a movie that is all guts, quite literally, but that has no body to give the guts particular shape or function. Canby found the film to be a con. Uh, Siskel of the Chicago Tribune commented on how the visuals were perceived within the framework of of drug culture. So his review states that under the influence, El Topo becomes a violent, would-be erotic freak show, and that, I suppose, can be very heavy. For others, it's just enough to make one yawn. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not yawn. <laughs> no, no. Now, uh, a guy's name I can't pronounce from, again, from the failing New York Times, described the film as a very strange masterpiece. He says, on first blush, it might seem no more than a violent, surreal fantasy, a work of fabulous but probably deranged imagination. Surreal and crazy it may be, but it is also, one realizes the second time through, as fully considered and ordered as fl- as fine clockwork. So, Good. And, and I think... I think that's true. Like I did ask whether you thought stuff was just filmed on the fly, but but given that, yeah, you're working with film and uh, you don't have endless time to shoot stuff, no. like you have to plan things really well. There's a lot of crafted imagery in this. Like, yeah. like you know, it, it, he's, he's done very painterly compositions of things and he needs specific props and, you know, th- those are things you need in advance what's like just from day one because anytime you've just rolled up no nothing turns mm. up yeah 
nothing yeah. happens. Yeah. So uh, let me just quickly talk about Ebert. Ebert loved this mm. movie. He gives it four out of four. And this is this is a more recent review. I've got some words here from him because I think he reviewed it back in the day and then he, he re-reviewed it later on. He says, reviews of El Topo tend to be infuriating because their authors, myself included, fail to make coherent sense of the film and are reduced to a laundry list of its ingredients. These quests, I wrote in my original review, supply most of the film's generous supply of killings, tortures, disembowelments, hangings, boilings, genocides, and so on. Evocative, but scarcely helpful. The film exists as an unforgettable experience, but not as a comprehensible one. But why is this okay and Crimes of Passion isn't okay? I know. Mm. That's what I was going to say. Like, like, yeah, I mean, or, or, or the, the devils. The devil's not or okay. the devils, yeah. Like, like, like what arbitrary. Then it's just... It's just subject how you felt on the night, subjective, Definitely. which is, yeah. I guess, part of the experience. But yeah. if you're going to say that, you know, it doesn't have to be comprehensible and whatever, and you can just enjoy it, well, just yeah, you can't be sneering then. No, about mm. other stuff. Mm. I can eat it. I know. Uh, the Me Too meter tonight. There's just a, look. It's a handful of things we've already been through some of it. Okay, so I don't think we need to <laughs> pour through the details. <laughs> You know, in the way that we did for Aziz Ansari and, you know, all the all the greats, all the greats. <laughs> Brett Ratner. <laughs> Think about them now, all of them. Anyway, so in the second part of the story, El Topo meets and marries a nice little woman. <laughs> Amanda. Quite literally. Uh, anyway, you might think their relationship is sweet and meaningful and, well, you'd be wrong because there's a clear power imbalance going on here. He's clearly an authority figure, uh, just, just, and just like all men, he abused his power to get that tail. But more to the point, he's tall and she's short, and this won't do. See, I, like my comrades on the left, agree that the only way to heal our world and to fight for unity is to ensure that people are only allowed to be with their own people, okay? The most progressive thing you can do is to make sure you keep the bloodline pure. <laughs> well, that's what they were doing. The little one was doing that yeah. beforehand. That's incest. right. Keep it, keeping it in the family. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's good. <laughs> and don't just don't don't mix. We won't even get into the. You know, I think he was white adjacent, and that's she true. was maybe a woman of color. But also, he's fetishizing dwarfism as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We we know this. We know this. So if you if you say I'm into you know uh, you know little people, like I then, said a few weeks say, ago. Yeah, you say I'm into little people, and then they, people go, "Oh, you're fetishizing," and then you say, "Well, I'm not into it," and they say, "Oh, well, you're a bigot then," and you go, "Well, how into it do I am I allowed to be?" And they're like, "A little bit, not even like yeah. that, not much." And you go, "Okay, all right, Jesus." Anyway, El Topo, uh, our gunslinger, is tormented by the unnamed lesbian gunslinger who seduces Mara right in front of him. He gets cucked really, really hard yep. in this scene. Okay, yeah. now, ladies. This is how to hurt us, okay? If we've disappointed you, what you need to do is get one of your hot Latina girlfriends and bump and grind right in front of us, okay? I feel this strategy has not been employed as much as it could have. If this is what it means to be a cuck, then I'm starting Cuck Lives Matter right now. <laughs> Merch, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, now it's no doubt been said that the Colonel's many bandits are a group of uber misogynists. You know, one of them licks and fondles and shoots uh, women's shoes. Another creates an outline of a woman using tiny rocks. Well, I thought they were rocks. You've said they're almonds. I thought they were beans at it. the start and then I thought they were rocks. It's like Rashomon. We've all seen what we want to see. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, and anyway, anyway, he 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 makes an effigy of a woman using these tiny objects, and then has his way with this imaginary woman. And when they're not having fun in the desert, these banditos, they're forcing captive uh, monks to slow dance and kiss them <laughs> lovingly on the lips. Mm. We didn't or even biting their chins. That. We could talk about this movie for hours. <laughs> there was a lot. Okay, Does he bite this his is just nose come up as well, yeah. like Got lovingly about- nibble. <laughs> Two minutes to go, and I'm only just mentioning <laughs> these motherfuckers. <laughs> anyway, that would just be another misreading uh, of this film because, you know, these bandits are not sex-starved misogynists or killers. AJ, you mentioned you thought they might be sex-starved. That's, that's, no, that's not true. They are closeted LGBT heroes merely trying to survive in this man's world. I would encourage you not to kink shame these proud criminals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And obviously, to finish up, I'm not going to read out the whole quote, but maybe some of it. There's a scene in which El Topo sexually assaults Mara in the desert, and uh, we have this quote from Horowowski. Uh Then I told her, pain does not hurt. Hit me. And she hit me, I said, harder. And she hit me, started to hit me very hard, hard enough to break a rib. I ached for a week. After she had hit me long enough and hard enough to tire her, I said, quote, now it's my turn. Roll the cameras. And I really, really raped her. And she screamed. Then she told me that she'd been raped before. You see, for me, the character is frigid until Otopo rapes her and she has an orgasm. That's why I show a stone phallus in that scene, which spouts water. She has an orgasm. She accepts the male sex. And that's what happened to Mara in reality. She really had that problem. Fantastic scene. A very strong scene. (laughs) I offer this statement with no comments. (laughs) You've had enough comments before? <laughs> I feel like this is. I think this speaks for itself. So, anyway, just qu- quickly, what do we give this out of ten? Thirty-seven. Oh man, it's pretty high. It's got to be ten, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's ten. Uh, it's definitely high. It's um, definitely high, and I loved it. Okay, so uh, yeah, something special every now and then. We're doing the boobometer. Titty uh, time. Yeah, we just give it out of ten. I mean, like you just give me what you think out of its quality and quantity, really. So. <laughs> What do you think? They were young and supple. True. That they were very seventies, mm. don't you think? Yes, they had that kind of a pointy. Um, mm. Yeah, all that sort of like uh, you know dainty flapjack, mm. sort of mm. chic. You know, they weren't um, <laughs> obscene. You know, sort of eighties sort of affair. Oh. And they they weren't bolted on. No, mm. no, no, they weren't. No, no, no. Yeah. So it was more more artsy. So I think um, maybe quantity, oh, just, you know, 6 out of 10. Mm. Quality, artsy, I think, again, 6.5. Okay. Yep, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And there's that, we haven't talked about this, that scene where El Topo just, like, smears blood all over her tits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, we've said this. We're, I'm getting the sense we could talk about this maybe. Seriously. Later. We could. <laughs> but the message is clear. This is, remember... This is what people used to do. They'd see this movie and then you would talk about the movie at a coffee shop. Yeah. So this is when we made movies we're talking about. Once the fucking Infinity Gauntlet is destroyed, do you need to talk about it? Is there anything confusing about it? Do you go, oh, geez, what if it didn't get destroyed? Mm. Do you think Do you think Tony Stark's coming back? <laughs> probably, I would have thought. Yes, probably. <laughs> anyway, we could talk a lot about this movie, but, but, uh, <laughs> but we won't. Well, if you haven't seen it, track you need it to see it. Go and see it. El Topo, uh, I think we should do next week one of his other ones that I haven't seen this. 
I think which is called Santa Sangre. Mm. I saw uh, that in my travels. Which I think people have mentioned, so maybe we'll do that. Mm. Yep. It's a bit late, later in his in his in his oeuvre. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited too. All right. Well, so we said. Jesus, this one's <laughs> going to come back to haunt us. Uh, well, they, you know, like, um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, um, I, I, I apologize for nothing. <laughs> You're like, um, Double down. proud, proud of what I've done. So. <laughs> well, until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. AJ, would you say that those were your favourite freaks? Or? Um, I like the little T-Rex. I like the little girl. The... Oh, yeah. <laughs> With That's the T-Rex arms and yeah. legs. Quite something. <laughs> she was nice. Yeah. This episode's going to come back to Hornets. <laughs>